Welcome to the Happiest Ever After podcast. I'm your host, Tatiana Robertson. And yes, you heard right, happy-ish. Because this podcast is not about chasing the fairy tale. We've seen behind the curtain and most of us are ready to hop off the hamster wheel of perfection. If you've ever wondered, how'd I end up in this life? How can I change it? What do I want from life? Is there more? Then this podcast is for you. The fairy tale may not be real. That's the good news. Because life is an amazing adventure and it's time for you to pick up the pen and write your own story. So let's get started and see where this journey takes us. Welcome, Rochelle Harrell. I am really excited for this conversation. I'm so thrilled to have you here to share your story and your learning with everybody on the podcast today. Welcome, Rochelle. Hi, Tatiana. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I'm so excited to be here. You really have a unique story, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, how you walked through that story feels so familiar. I still could relate so much and so deeply to the feelings of belonging. Where do you belong? How do you fit in this space? And I'm hoping that you can share some of your story with our listeners today. Yeah, where shall I start? I think it all started with, you know, going to high school where some people ask me like, oh, what are you? It started with that question. What are you? Which made me question, oh, where do I belong actually? And maybe you can relate that, you know, when you're in high school, everyone belongs to a certain group in school. So, you know, you fit in somewhere, but I actually never knew where I would fit in and who was part of my tribe. I didn't actually know that. So it was like, uh, it's, it all started there. And then eventually, a little bit fast forward, and I started working, the same question came up again. What are you? And I remember back then that people, they were curious. You know, there wasn't always a bad intention of people asking that because people are curious, right? That they want to know what is your background. And I remember that I started to, you know, really feel uncomfortable people asking that question and also making up stories. Someone would say to me, oh, are you Spanish? And then I would say, yes, I'm Spanish. And it would make sense because I speak Spanish. So I would create this whole persona of someone who I actually wasn't, which became something that I was doing constantly. I don't know, maybe you can relate to Diana that you, you know, that people ask you that question and it makes you feel uncomfortable then. Yes. And for our listeners, that question of what are you? I mean, you're listening to this right now. And so you don't get the advantage of the visual. And what I see with Rochelle and what you'll see if you go to her Instagram is this beautiful woman. But behind this beautiful woman is this experience of being, I don't know if you use this term, I myself and my friends who have similar backgrounds have referred to ourselves our whole lives as mixed race. Mm -hmm. And I understand that not everybody from this generation actually uses the term mixed race. And for me, that's how we've always referred to ourselves this feeling of the space between where do I fit and how do I fit in? 
Yeah. So when you get that question of what are you, people see you and they want to categorize you. Exactly. And you live in Holland and you don't look like your typical Dutch woman. How do you refer to yourself? Well, it's good that you asked me that question. Here we say biracial, like a biracial person. So uh, I'm Dutch. My mom is Dutch and my father is black. My father is from the Caribbean. And there are also ties because of the colonial history that my dad immigrated to the Netherlands when he was eight years old. So that's also part of that, being in those two cultures. Even though I'm more leaning towards the Dutch culture, that was uh, my main culture in which I grew up. But when people see me, you know, I, I can be Spanish. People sometimes think I'm French. And I'm, if you look at me, I'm, I have a very light skin tone. So people wouldn't expect me to be half black to say like that. So uh, it's always a guessing game. But I also remember when I spoke about that, people well, were kind of surprised. Like, oh, are you half black? Oh, I didn't think, uh, you know, I never would have guessed that. So people are asking me constantly and also the look, the way people looked at me that got stuck in my head, like, oh, this is not good. Is it, is it good? Not? I don't know. So yeah, I came with a lot of challenges and growing up in that time, it was not like it is now that people are so used to embracing that, you know, being different and mixed race. It wasn't like that. It wasn't that you have to be ashamed about who you are, but it wasn't something that was really celebrated or putting out there that much. So I think in, in retrospect that I carried a lot of shame with me around that, not feeling good enough, not knowing where I belong. Because when you're bicultural, biracial, it's not always easy to know where you fit in. And that's what everyone wants. You want to fit in. You, know, you want to, I don't know, you do not always want to be categorized, but you want to be part of a group. And for me, it was a, a challenge to figure that out. And it really took me a long time to understand that it was okay to come the way you are, just how you are and accept that. It took me a long time to, to figure that out, to making those mistakes and to pretending someone who I was not because I tried to fit in. That was actually very interesting to learn about that, to, that pretending is not working for you showing up as your authentic self and also being proud of who you are. And that's easier said than done now, but it's actually the truth that when you show up as yourself, yeah, and speak about that in a yeah, sincere way that it's so much more interesting and you also become more interesting to a person than you know, trying to be someone you're not. And I also remember going to work with my straightened hair and me looking so polished and that was such a big mask that I love because it's so funny when I look back on that time, how I behaved and thinking that that was so okay to do that. And I was like, no, it wasn't. You know, what was I thinking? But I saw so many struggles, so many people struggling with that as well, with creating, creating this persona that eventually led to an identity crisis and also a breaking down because I also remembered, and that was in the time when I started working and I was an ambitious girl in my 20s, starting my career and full of confidence. But I remember that question that came back every time, what are you, made me feel so nervous about myself and also. I was starting to doubt myself and also led to not feeling comfortable, being comfortable in my own skin and putting myself out there the way that I wanted to. 
felt like I was in a cage. I didn't know where to go. But actually, knowing that's also what we say as coaches, that you can give all the answers, but you have to go within to find those answers. But I didn't take the time to do that. Because I was living on autopilot, I was anxious every day. And I can tell you when I was in my car, when I went to work, the anxiety already kicked in, you know, driving to work. It's like, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. That was what was going on in, inside of my head, not feeling good enough about who I was. Do you think that comes from the fact that you talked about the mask and how you put that on every day? I hear the regret for not being true to yourself. At the same time, I say, give yourself grace. The more I understand about how the brain works and our need to belong is not a small need. It is a need. It is a driving force within us. It goes back to we are not safe on our own. We need to be part of our group. And when you come from a biracial family or mixed race, when people say, what are you? It's like a loaded question. It's do you belong or don't you belong? Oh, yeah. You present as, in my eyes, some version of white that could be the speaker I'm speaking of. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so they have some assumptions and then you give them a little shake when you talk. Oh, but actually I come from this other culture. I'm part black and I don't know. And I said this in our previous conversation, how much am I? I don't want to project. I want to hear your story because I know that I've lived through that myself because I am aware that I am mixed race and I present as white. And at the same time, I get that question. But uh, like, are you, I'm quite often mistaken for indigenous. Interestingly, not by uh, my white colleagues and peers who assume that I am white because that's how I present, but actually from indigenous groups when through my work, I engage often with indigenous groups, or I used to, and that would come up quite frequently. And I would feel this sense of, I'm not trying to trick people. I'm not trying to make them think I'm one thing. I'm just who I am. But I've never been able to get over this feeling of being unsettled because I know I present one way. I know it's a surprise. And that fear of getting kicked out of the cave, of being rejected, of being something else. It's really, I think it's really hard to center yourself when the foundation, your fundamental, I see you nodding, it's your, it's the foundation of who you are when you're mixed race and how you walk through the world and how people see you as someone to be included or not included, or you're categorized as something different and other. It's not an easy journey. No, it's definitely not. <laughs> and how do you feel today? Like, I know I still have those moments of eh, when somebody makes a comment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I hear you. You know, what you just said that it's not an easy journey, you know, uh, figuring that out for yourself. What is your foundation? What helped me so much to figure out who I am was going back to my roots. That has been such a big part of my healing process and also understanding where I come from, who I am. But I think also when, when I had my, you know, my nervous breakdown, when I got burned out, it all became too much for me. 
not feeling comfortable in my skin, pretending to know what I was doing. I really struggle with imposter syndrome. But when you have this anxiety, you can't live with that for such a long time. At some point, you break down. And that's what happened to me. So I really had to sit with my pain and going within to start feeling what I was feeling, what was happening with me, because I was not connected with the inside part, with my inner self. That also made me realize, yeah, it's time to you know do some soul searching and also go back to my roots, which I love. Yeah figuring out where do things come from, you know, what do you like, what makes you feel excited. Yeah, there was so much recognition in going through that and making that trip for many trips, actually. So good. And that's the part I feel like so many people can relate to. Maybe they're not mixed race or biracial or, but they've gone through their own journey Mm -hmm. of being in a family and then feeling that misalignment between these are the stories that I had and now I'm carrying them forward and they no longer serve me. Mm -hmm. They aren't aligned with the values that I have as an adult. I think what can be unique is when you come from a mixed race family is that sometimes, and depending on whether they're together or not together and how much interaction you have with the various cultures, because our foundation is based in culture and family. If people are constantly struggling to see how they can fit into the larger community, but they aren't actually They don't look like that community or the community that they come from doesn't exist. They don't have that same foundation, but we all go through this journey, regardless of the foundation that we came Mm -hmm. from, of feeling like, how do I fit in? But how do I be me? Who am I? Who is that? That person inside without the layers. Mm -hmm. I heard this podcast with Deepak Chopra and I keep quoting it because he said so many gems. So regardless of your background, like he says, say, he would say, I am Deepak Chopra. So I would say, I am Tatiana Robertson. Mm -hmm. And then you go back and you go, and you know, that's your family, Robertson. It's the family. It's all of those layers. And it's, I am Tatiana. Mm -hmm. Then go back to the, I am. That's the core. That's the center. That's all your worth and all your value without all the external pressures, without all the external layers of your family, your expectations, your cultures. When people are saying, what are you? They're trying to figure out the Roberts and the Tatiana, or in your case, the Harrell and Rochelle, right? Yeah. That's what they're trying to figure out. But really the most important question is who am I? Exactly, yes. And that was the journey that you went on. And mine also was precipitated by a complete and utter nervous breakdown, Mm -hmm. complete breakdown. And then just being, I got to figure this out. So I know we use that term very casually, but I know that you, you aren't using it casually. Yeah, I know. Yeah. (laughs) Not at all. No, (laughs) it was a break. Yeah. (laughs) It was crying and snot and everything and not, you know, being able to get out of bed that kind of nervous breakdown and really being confused about don't even want to get into the world. You know, it's it's frightening out there and I'm scared. You know, I don't know what to do. Now I'm a failure. So how did you get from there? Because you are an entrepreneur, two successful businesses. You are a life coach. You are working with people all over the world, which I think is amazing because that's one of your gifts is that you can interact and, and be comfortable in different cultural environments 
and experiences mm-hmm. and you're comfortable there. But how did you get from the, the snotty can't get out of bed breakdown to where you are today? Oh, well, it sounds very cliche, but it all starts with self-care, just sitting with the pain and just accepting it, you know, the way it is. That was the first part to just do that because I wasn't even able before to do those kind of things, to accept emotions as they are. I was always afraid like, no, I have to get back to work tomorrow. You know, I don't have time to sit with this or to do that. I didn't give myself time to sit with my feelings, to think about the aches that I had in my body. I would just ignore them. Living like a robot, I sometimes say, going through life like that. So this was the first time that I really sat with my feelings and started to think about that. So just processing that. And there was also the time I remembered a little bit before, maybe you know her, she's also from Canada. Uh, Danielle Laporte, I got this book, The Firestarter Sessions. And I remember I would go through my, you know, my bookshelf and there were some books I haven't really read yet. So I took that book and I remember it's like, wow, this opened, you know, it opened such a new world to me, a world of possibility mm. of things I could do. It inspired me. And she also gave so many new perspectives on life and her work. And wow, this is amazing. And that got me into YouTube before I wasn't, it sounds very silly, but I wasn't that much on YouTube. And it started, you know, looking up all kinds of people. And that really helped me. That was also the next step in my process, looking up all these gurus, just as, as you said, uh, Deepak Chopra, so interesting. So all these people that I've never heard of, I, I listened to, and I got so inspired of all the things that they said. And that really helped me. It sounds maybe very uh, common, but I had so many aha moments. It's like, wow. I love that. Why is it that we think that it has to be really, really hard? Mm-hmm. Why do we think starting the process of doing our internal healing has got to be terribly hard? No. And it, you know, the work, the work can be hard Mm -hmm. and sometimes the work isn't so hard. So this idea that you can just, well, I went on YouTube and I started looking for people that talked about stuff to be inspired. Yes. And (laughs) that's the miracle of the digital age. It is. Yeah. But I have to say that was just the first part. That was, I think the easy part, but you have to start somewhere. And that was really helpful to me to just, you know, let myself be inspired by other people. And also as a coach, and maybe you can relate that sometimes you can give a person such a new perspective, you know, you've never thought about something and you have one conversation with a person and they give you a new perspective and you're like, wow, why did I never think about looking at things like that? The way you present that to me. That's also what I have with these books and what people know were teaching online or what they wrote in those books. Wow, this is so amazing. I never looked at life or at work through those eyes. That really helped me and doesn't mean that my healing ended there because that's a lifelong journey of healing and transforming, but also entrepreneurship because that was also a way of designing my life the way I wanted. I felt that by starting a business, I was able to live life on my own terms and also to have that freedom to do whatever I wanted to do in my life. And, oh, there's no one deciding how I should do my job. Or, and I was like, yeah, I can show my creative side. And 
I can really show people the person that I am, you know, and that all comes back to not knowing where I belong, that it was okay to just be myself and to wear those bright colors and to let my curly hair, you know, to, to let that shine and show that to the world instead of trying to fit in it to a certain box, coming into the office with straightened hair and looking very polished and everything, which I actually wasn't. That's not Rochelle pretending to be wise not and you know by doing the thing starting a business that opened a new world a world full of possibilities and being able to show myself the, the way I am I love that earlier in the conversation you talked about the hair straightening and you just brought it up again yeah and the effort and I used to actually call it my armor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Armor. Yes. Yeah. It's an armor. Yeah. But I didn't spoke about that before uh, because I'm not very good at talking about things in a chronological way. <laughs> but that's also the part of, and I think so many people with an immigrant background can relate to that, that when you move to another part of the world that you have to try so much harder to fit in. And that's also some, why so many people with you know, a certain background that your parents tell you, you have to behave. You don't do crazy stuff. You know, you try your best. You become a lawyer, a doctor that gets into your head because you hear it all the time. So it's like, oh, I have to behave. I have to be a certain way. I have to fit in. I have to do this. I have to do that. That drives you crazy. And for me, I wasn't brought up that way that much, but it's also when you feel that you're not part of the mainstream that now you have to figure out your way. Where do you belong? And not knowing for me got me out of balance. So much there that I I just so strongly agree with. I think we do see this with definitely with immigrant populations, the additional stress of trying to maintain and adapt to a living situation, yeah. all of that I think that as women we often do put on this armor that's why I think social media filters and I use them myself sometimes are used why we show up and we have makeup on the weight of our protection mechanism like the armor is there to protect us mm -hmm. but the weight of that armor yeah. is unbelievable we are carrying this mental and emotional armor to protect ourselves mm -hmm. And to be able to put that down, yes, I think that's a big part of what drove me to a nervous breakdown. I think that's a big part of what drives people to burn out the mental weight of carrying that armor day in and day out. Yeah, yeah. The perfectionist uh, mask, trying to be perfect. Uh, I think that's also such a big part of that. As I said, constantly hearing that you have to excel, you have to be your best, you have to be a caretaker, you have to be sweet, you have to be kind, you have to be this. That's impossible for a human being to live up to so many expectations to be all of those things. And that's also, I'm a true believer of that, to start ask yourself all those questions, to question everything that you're doing in life. Is it actually true? Is it what I want in life? Why do I do these things? To constantly go back to those questions in your life to stop living on autopilot because that is what so many people do living on autopilot living uh, with all these beliefs that hurt throughout your life the things you heard 
and living by that day by day, thinking that that is the way you should live your life. Never actually thinking about, hmm, do I actually want this? Is that the life that I want for myself? And start questioning all of that because that's also where people get unhappy, why people get burned out because at some point there is a mismatch. As you said, it doesn't feel aligned. What you truly believe in or what your heart desires is not what you're actually doing or what you're putting out in the world. So there comes a point where you have to be honest with yourself, peeling off the layers of this onion. Is this what I want? No. Then you start to peel off that layer again and then eventually get to the core of who you are and what you truly believe in. I really like how you've just described that, not just the peeling back of the onion, but stopping to ask yourself those questions. When's the last time we stopped and asked ourselves, am I happy? Am I happy with this life that I have created? And we need to do these check-ins and these assessments. Yes. Because like you said, with being on autopilot, we get up every day and our lives are so busy and our work is so busy. And oh my gosh, if we haven't learned anything over the last two plus years, which is still, COVID is still there, but mm -hmm. it's not impacting us as much. And so we can start to go back to the office, but it's really interesting because finally we had the time to do those things. We're like, oh, if only I had time. And I think it's been a big check-in for everyone, a big, are you happy? Because it has been followed now. We're in the middle of the great resignation where people are walking away. Yeah. People are turning to entrepreneurship. People are turning to other, yeah. other ways of making a living or deciding that they can live on less because there's been this big assessment. But we don't need a global pandemic. Because you started this process before the global pandemic. Before, yeah, <laughs> I did. I, I did too. <laughs> and it doesn't have to be something huge and dramatic. It can just be starting. Ask yourself yes. the questions that you just said, yeah. the questions that you asked yourself. Yeah. And you can do so every day when you end your day. Just ask yourself those questions. What did I like about my day? What, what did I like? doing or what do I like doing? You know, do I experience joy? Was there a moment that I experienced joy? And it can be those little moments of joy in your life. Like, oh, I took the time to have a nice lunch and, you know, have a good conversation with my coworker or with my mom without the phone, because I'm such a big fan of not using your phone, you know, stepping away from the phone, just having those moments in the here and the now staying present and ask yourself, what do I feel? Also connecting with your body. I'm such a true believer of doing that every day. I, I really believe in that to connect with your body. Just close your eyes for 10 minutes and just start feeling. What do you feel? Because that's where I struggle with, you know, connecting with my inner self that I had so many aches in my body. I wasn't even able sometimes to pull up my shoulders. I had so much stress in my body. Also back pain, lower back pain. At some point, my legs started to, you know, hurt. All those things, it's good to go back to those things. And people do not always recognize those signs, what you feel in your body, because that's also something that goes deeper into just, oh, my knee hurts or my, you know, I have lower back pains. No, it's something you have to look into what that is, because that has to do with emotions. Yes, I very much agree. I know that my 
particularly my digestive system, mm-hmm. you know, we talk about, oh, my stomach's in knots, yeah. right? My heart's racing. In our common language, use these terms referencing how our body is responding. And yet, I wonder if there's ever been a time when we have been more disconnected from our bodies. Mm-hmm. And of course, my coaching is in the health and weight loss mm-hmm. arena. And it's very much about helping to reconnect the emotional, the mental, the physical, because one cannot be separated from the other. And that's one of the signs that you saw within yourself was chronic pain, not being able to move the way that you want to, like little things like being able to lift up your shoulders. In my case, it's getting them to go down. (laughs) (laughs) When I start the tension, it's just like my whole back, everything, which has triggered other physical ailments because of the tension Mm -hmm. and the stress. It's all connected. It's all connected. Yes. And that's also one part of my journey that I started to work out because before I, you know, I wasn't going to the gym or practicing any sports on a regular basis. But when I broke down, I was like, yeah, I need to work on my body also because of stuff that I was dealing with, with the pain. It's like, yeah, I need to start to work out, getting, you know, stronger physically and mentally moving your body. That definitely helps so much. It absolutely does. It's hard to have good mental health if the body isn't moving. Mm-hmm. It makes it more challenging. Yeah. People are sometimes, oh, I'm not the type of person who should go to the gym, but there's so many things that you can do, you know, walk or start dancing. That's also, I feel, part of joy, discovering your body, what makes you feel excited and what also fits into your lifestyle. I think that's also a big part of that to figure out what, you know, fits your lifestyle, what you like to do to find something that you like. Yes. That's what I say to clients. It's so important to find the thing that draws you so that you start from a place of being comfortable and enjoying it and then play around with trying some things that are different a little bit later, but start from a place of, I really enjoy this. This makes me feel better at the end. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. What else would you say was the the big shift for you? Or was that sort of what set it all in motion? It's not a fairy tale that people sometimes think, oh, and that was the aha moment. No, it took a bit longer to really start finding myself and to figure it out. And I think people should also give themselves a break to not think that there's some kind of magic to just figure it all out in just one year. No, it's a process. It took me much longer, but I got so excited. And I think that's just such a good starting point with the excitement, something that excites you and to follow up on that, to figure that, figure that out, to just be curious and to see where it will lead you. That's how it started with me, the curiosity and also letting things flow to give myself a break, to not be so hard on myself anymore. Because I used to be such a perfectionist and when you're a perfectionist, it's never good enough. So I always say it's a losing game. Because you cannot win when you're a perfectionist, but give yourself time to figure things out. And that really helped. And also later on, I also worked with a coach that also gave me so many new insights about myself and also my limiting beliefs. Like every time I thought I already figured out so many things, but there are something new that I discover. So it's good to do that every now and then. And I know not everyone wants to work with a coach, but then my advice always is ask people around 
around you that you trust or that you uh, that you know, that you look up to, that you like, that you trust. Ask those people for feedback that you would like to use in your life. That can be so valuable to hear people's perspective on you. And sometimes ask them the question, is there something I should let go of also for my own sake? These kind of things that you can ask people, what do you think I'm good at? These kind of things. And that also helps you so much. It also helped me to figure out what you're good at. And that can give you so much power, especially when you have low self-esteem, you're not feeling comfortable in your skin, then that definitely helps. And especially when you look up to that person or someone you trust, I don't know, it's just someone you like to be around. It's good to ask those people those kind of questions and, you know, to work with that. Yes. I love the fact that you just said straight out, it's not a fairy tale. It's not snap your fingers. Yeah. Everything's better. I've found a root. I've peeled back an onion. We've got a whole farmer's truck full of onions and we're just, <laughs> and we're probably peeling yeah. back the layers on multiples. And then we find out that they're actually conjoined onions or something. <laughs> it's all this yeah. interconnection that happens. I also really resonate with the give yourself a break. There's no, yeah. there's no timeline and there's no need to be like, well, it has to be done by a certain time. And truly, just having that curiosity. That's what I heard from you was this curiosity of self, mm -hmm. this curiosity to find out what it is inside you, the truth of who you are, which by the time we figure it out tomorrow, we're going to be someone different because that's growth. Yeah, That's the difference between us and onions. <laughs> <It's that laughs> <Yeah>. The onion <laughs> remains an onion, yeah. but Tatiana might turn into a watermelon. You know, we are evolving. The analogy of the onion is used so often, but it's like as you're peeling back the onion, the onion is actually expanding mm -hmm. because you yourself, the core of you is coming to the surface and coming out. And that's such a gift. I want to say thank you so much for joining me today and sharing some of your story that I know is just going to so deeply resonate with people. I think a lot of people have gone back over the past couple of years and said, who am I? And I love that you gave some really simple and straightforward steps that people can take. And yes, not everybody has access to a therapist or a life coach, but truly I know myself, I spent three years seeing a psychologist and I don't know that I could have gotten to this point without outside help. So whatever that outside help looks like, whether it's people in your community, a mentor, a life coach, a therapist, a good and trusted friends to be able to grow and to further explore who you are. That's such a critical part and sharing your wisdom on that. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much, Tatiana. It was such a pleasure to, to be on your podcast. Thanks. And now for the recap. Rochelle and I had such a beautiful conversation about our experiences as being mixed race or what is also called biracial. But I think that the experiences we were talking about, feeling that you don't belong or feeling like you need to pretend to be something so that you can fit in and be accepted in your community. I don't think that these are unique experiences. I think they're actually really prevalent. So when you feel that you don't fit in, when you also feel like maybe your life is on autopilot, what can you do? 
Here are some of the things that Rochelle talked about that may help you make changes in your life. For Rochelle, it all started with Danielle Laporte. Well, actually YouTube. And that's the great thing. You don't have to dive off a cliff. You can start slowly. Where can you find inspiration? YouTube, books, podcasts. It doesn't have to be a huge financial investment right away or any kind of fancy program. The important thing is to just start on your journey. Start with some self-education and some analysis, and it doesn't have to be expensive. Like I said, YouTube, books, podcasts. The next step is to start to align your actions to your values. This is living on your own terms and being in alignment with yourself. People might respond and they might respond negatively. They might respond positively. If you listen to the Rising and Resilience podcast, you know about the concentric circles of friendship. And sometimes the people who are close don't always remain close and that's okay. The most important thing is that you are in alignment because it's okay to be yourself. And that self will sometimes be happy and sometimes sad and sometimes another range of emotions. But feeling all of the feelings is important. And then to release them and let them go because this is your one precious gift of a life. One of the things that Rochelle was talking about was questioning everything. When you start this journey and when you're on this journey, through questioning, you can figure out if you're living a life that you really love. I loved Rochelle's recommendation of taking some time every night to reflect on your day. What in your day brought you joy? What did you like? What didn't you like? What would you like to do more of? What would you like to do less of? These don't have to be big moments that you reflect on. They can be small moments too. Not everything has to be big to be significant. And finally, consider investing in a coach or a therapist. If you really feel like it's not an option at this time, look to people in your world that you trust. Maybe a friend, maybe a mentor. Go to them and ask if they see something that you're holding on to that you would benefit from releasing. Ask them what they think you're good at. You might be surprised by these answers and there will be a lot that you can learn from this. And most of all, remember, it is all a process. It doesn't have a magical fairy tale point where all of a sudden everything changes. The changes build slowly, and then one day you're there. Some of the work that you do will be a sprint, and some of it will be a marathon. Some days you'll feel like you're peeling back a single onion, but some days it will feel like you're standing in the middle of a pile of onions. Know that we have been there. You are not alone. So remember to give yourself a break and not be so hard on yourself. This is the journey of life. And again, I want to say thank you so much for inviting me in on your life. Whether you are listening to the podcast while you're washing the dishes or out for a walk with the dog, or maybe you're just curled up in bed having a little alone time with a cup of tea. However you enjoy the podcast, I'm just glad that you do. And I'm so honored to have you joining me on this journey. So I hope that you have clicked the follow button so that you don't miss an episode because there's some amazing, amazing guests coming up. And please remember, take a moment and share the podcast with your friends and then maybe have a talk with them. Maybe they're the person that's going to tell you, you know what? I've wanted to share this. I see that you're so brilliant at this and I would love to support you if that's a direction you want to go in. You never know. So I hope you have a beautiful day 
and I'm sending you much love on your journey.